right, so good evening, everybody. As you see, we are on lesson seven, Dare to Love Your Enemies. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Uh, Tim, could you open us up in a word of prayer? I come before you this evening, Lord, and thank you for, thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here in your house and uh, help us just be able to put out all the distractions and other things going on, just put focus on on your word and help John as he uh, leads the study and directs us that we just we just speak to our hearts. Um, thanks this evening, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. All right. So as we continue our study of uh, David. Um, we are on lesson seven. Dare to be your, dare to love your enemies. Um, yeah, we, we'll just see another kind of attribute how, uh, kind of how David kind of has and mimics. Well, the Lord says he's a man after His own heart, uh, but some of the, His heart towards. Um, his enemies, and specifically, we're going to look at his interaction with Saul. So in Matthew 5, 44, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So this lesson gives Christians three distinct responses modeled by David that are worthy of emulation in our lives today. Every believer will face times when we are not treated kindly, or justly. This is John 16.33 in the book. Dad, could you go ahead and read that one? In the world ye shall have tribulation. It is at those times that we need to respond as David responded. Point number one, David's forgiveness. All right, that one wasn't too bad. David's forgiveness. One of the most healing statements in the English language is the statement, I forgive you. The principle of forgiveness is not one that is suggested in Scripture, it is commanded. And Ephesians 4.32. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. As the Apostle Paul gives us reason to forgive one another, Christ forgave us. Christ's forgiveness is full and complete. When we forgive, we need to put the action or the wrong behind us and choose not to bring it up again. So easy, it's so easy to say, I forgive you, but hey, remember, you know, you said this, or, yeah. It's, uh, or even, a lot of times we don't even say it, but it just comes up into our mind of, uh, I don't know when they did that. You know. I don't know if I want to help them out this time or whatever. Um, be, it doesn't necessarily have to be coming out. Just you find that popping up in your heart a little bit. Um, but our Heavenly Father, upon forgiving us, remember, remembers our sin no more. Uh, referencing Hebrews 10.17. While this is impossible for the believer, we can choose not to mention a trespass once it is forgiven. Throughout his time running from Saul, David demonstrated forgiveness. All right, sub point A, he forgave from the start. 
1 Samuel chapter 18, 10 through 16. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from, from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David, even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him, and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him, and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he went out and came in before them. So although Saul himself had invited David to become a member of his household, David had hardly arrived before Saul began to feel a great jealousy towards the young man. Part of it was probably um, all the chanting of the ladies in the street and might have felt slighted there. Or, um, yeah, it kind of mentions, yeah, maybe he already knew. Well, I'm sure he... I'm sure he knew that David had been anointed by Samuel as the next king, I would think. Maybe, maybe not. But I could see, you know, that would be easy to uh, have that little ad animosity there, knowing that, you're, that this other kid that's not your son, this isn't the way it's done, you know. Um, it's going to be the next king. Um, Whatever it is, uh, Saul obviously had some real issues with David. And none of it was David's fault. Um, so, yeah, whatever, whatever these thoughts are, uh, they preyed on, David, or on Saul's mind. And, and one day, yeah, Saul lost his self-control and hurled his javelin at David with murderous intent. He had he may have repeated his attack, for the Bible says that David avoided out of his presence twice. I don't know if it's like a separate time or the same time, or if it's like throw his javelin and, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It was just rage and just kidding. I'll throw another one but for what that was, but David did avoid out of his presence twice. While understandably weary of Saul from then on, David chose to forgive him from the start and to leave Saul's judgment in the hands of God. David knew that God would take care of things. He also knew that each man must give an account of himself for those things done in the flesh. Romans 14, 12. David would not need to call Saul to account. God would do that in his own time. God has not called us to be a judge and jury and executioner but rather to let go and let God have his way. Uh, during a conversation between uh, General Oglethorpe, and we kind of went to some things. I, I believe he was a, sometimes I get mixed up because all the history and stuff, but I'm pretty sure he was a British general kind of in the time of settling America, pre-revolutionary war. And I'm pretty sure he was one of the ones that was pretty cruel to the Indians. Um, so, so between a conversation between him 
if I, if I got my right general right, and John Wesley, <clears throat> Oglethorpe exclaimed, I never forgive. Wesley gently responded, then, sir, I hope you never sin. When we realize that we are imperfect, sinful people, it is easier for us to forgive uh, others from the start. Ephesians 4.32 be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. All right, so point B, he forgave from the heart. All right. In 1 Samuel 19, 8 through 10. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul, as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. But he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall. And David fled and was escaped that night. All right, in the following chapter, an interesting scene presents itself. Saul, the jealous king, now sits with the javelin in his hands. Yeah, if I was David and I'd ever seen Saul with the javelin in his hands, I'd be like, oh, yeah. be, be ready to jump. Uh, he bids David to come play for him. David obeys the king. Even though Saul stated that he would kill David, and even though he had caused him to flee from his presence twice in chapter 18, David was willing to forgive him from his heart and give him another chance. This is a tremendous lesson for believers today. So many times we say that someone blew it, and thus we are done with them. David knew Saul had blown it, but David was willing to go back again to Saul. This is a tremendous illustration of forgiving from the heart. We will see that Saul betrayed David's good, uh, David's good will again and again, but it was still right for David to extend it. Where would it be, where would we be if God had not been willing to extend his mercy to us over and over again? Uh, has a, another illustration here. Um, when the Civil War began, one of those who had answered the call um, for soldiers to fight for the Union was William Scott of Vermont. The young soldier, along with four of his brothers, traveled to Washington to join the Army of the Potomac. On the night of August 31, 1861, Scott, who had volunteered to take sentry duty of a sick member of his company, was found asleep at his post. If anybody know what happens to sleeping sentries in the Civil War, uh, nothing good. And uh, so he, he was found, found sleeping at his post, and, um, and that was guarding a bridge leading to the nation's capital. According to military law, the sleeping centennial is tried very quickly and sentenced to be executed by firing squad. Uh, the harsh pun punishment was meant to be a warning uh, those given positions of responsibility to be diligent and careful in discharging them. Yet it also seemed kind of harsh for a young man who had volunteered for this duty for one of his six sick friends. Uh, this case was brought to President Lincoln, who personally issued a pardon to Private Scott. Scott gave his pledge that he would never fail in his duty to his country. Seven months later, during the battle at Lee's Mill, Virginia, Scott, who had already saved several fellow soldiers from drowning, was shot and killed while carrying another wounded soldier to safety. 
the forgiveness we extend to others may be just what they need to keep serving the Lord. As God forgave us from the start and from the heart, uh, so we ought also to forgive one another. So we have forgiveness. We need to forgive from the start and forgive from the heart. Point number two, David's respectfulness. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. That was a little harder. The last, the last one's going to be a little harder. David's respectfulness. We live in a generation where there seems to be very little respect. I think we were talking about, Dad and I were talking about this the other day in the car. Uh, this seems like something has changed in our current generation, even with um, customs of what we do. Uh, specifically, we're talking about sports and uh, referees and that kind of thing. Like It didn't seem like that long ago where there was just a lot more respect for refs and stuff, where now it's like kind of expected that you give the ref a hard time, you know, just, just interesting. So it does seem like today there, there seems to just be a lack of respect. Um, so it does seem like there was a day where, where there was a lot more respect for authority and uh, even for, and maybe that's where it's at. There's, most people don't consider, nobody wants authority and consider themselves to be authority falling under authority, but older people just doesn't seem to be respect for them. Um, officers, uh, police officers, pastors are, this is a really struggle one probably for a lot of people right now, um, especially in churches and Christians, uh, but even for our president. Uh, in his relationship with Saul, David modeled one who was willing to give respect to someone who was an authority over him. Subpoint A, his what were respectful? Words, his words were respectful. Uh, yeah, so for the president, I struggle there sometimes of being respectful in my words towards our current president. In verse 6, we see David say three things about Saul. He acknowledges him as his master, as the Lord's anointed, and by the way of emphasis, as the anointed of the Lord. <clears throat> David was aware of the fact that God had put Saul in his position. Again, he knew that God had put Saul in his position. Another psalmist, Asaph, under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote these words in Psalms 75, 6 through 7. Psalms 75, 6 through 7. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He goeth down one and setteth up another. There is a clear recognition here that God was in control. David knew that God had not made a mistake by choosing Saul as king. And he needed to respect God's choice no matter what. Subpoint B, his... What were respectful? Actions. His actions were respectful. David came upon the sleeping of Saul in a cave. What an opportunity. 
one of David's mighty men urged him to kill the king, going so far as to state that surely God who had delivered Saul into it was surely God that delivered Saul into David's hand. But David, who had forgiven Saul, continued to trust God. Uh, he, re he refused to try to rush God's timetable and left the slumbering Saul totally unharmed. David on multiple occasions spoke of not raising his hand against the Lord's anointed. This principle is as true today as it was in the time of David. In 1 Samuel 26, there's a similar story. Saul and his army of 3,000 had come to the wilderness of Ziph in pursuit of David as they lay fast asleep in the camp. David and Abishai, one of those Abishai guys, crept into the camp and, stepping carefully over and around the slumbering soldiers, the Bible says, a deep sleep from the Lord fallen upon them, made it right up to Saul himself. Abishai said, here's our chance, let's... Uh, let me kill him now. David once again said, No, this is the Lord's anointed, and we are not to touch him. Scripture tells us that we are to recognize the sovereignty of God uh, in who he places in positions of power. Romans 13.1. Is that me? I think that's me. Romans 13.1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Furthermore, the same passage commands us that we are to give honor to whom honor is due. Romans 13, 7. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So yeah, we may not agree with or voted for our current president, or any of our past presidents, but um, I mean, and some of them are are just wrong and against God. But the Lord did put them in place, um, and uh, you know we are to do our part in supporting uh, godly men and um, all of that, but. Um, do need to have respect for uh, those in authority, even if we don't like them, or even if they're, they're not doing right things. All right. Last point. David's... Oh, Andy. Uh-huh. Oh, see, see, Andy, he's good. He's Figures that out. Well, yeah. he's got a good strategy there. Normally, yeah, one of the verses has something, has it in there somewhere. So, David's forbearance. The word forbearing is not commonly used in our language today. The word means politely or patiently restraining an impulse to do something. Yeah, so David had a lot of forbearance. <laughs> Colossians 3, verse 13, it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And then Ephesians 4, 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. 
God's answer for conflict is rather simple and can be summed up in two words. God wants us to be forbearing and forgiving. All right, subpoint A, Christ's ex, uh, exhortation is clear. The Lord Jesus made this lesson very plain when he said in Matthew 4, 43 through 48. He hath heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Uh, and that's what really stuck out to me in, in those verses. Is, um, and you see it a lot of times. Uh, there's people in the world who have who are nicer than a lot of Christians. That's uh, pretty sad. So, but even, you know, if we love, love them which love us, you know, don't even, you know, publicans, the lowest, um, the down and outers, don't they do the same? They, they love those that love them just as much as anybody else. Um, again, if we just salute our own, I have respect, greet, able to talk to our own. If we're not able to do that to other people, publicans, the down hours, do the same. Um, this is where one way we can really stand out. Uh, so yeah, be, there, be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven perfect. In his forbearing of Saul, in Saul's persecutions, David exemplified a truth that was emphasized to the New Testament believers. King Saul had much more than a simple quarrel with David. He wanted to kill him. Yet David did not take matters into his own hands when he had the opportunity to do so. Christ's exhortation to us is clearly the same as David's example was. Romans 12, 19-21 Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, clearly taught that Christians ought to allow God to take care of things. David was willing to trust God, and of course, he found out that all that God had promised came to pass. And one thing about David that really kind of stuck out, he not only forgave and forbear, but he was still in there trying to help Saul out like the best he could. You know, it could have been, like, I would think maybe the best I would have done is forgave Saul and for a long time. 
But uh, I think it was it still went back when Dave or when Saul bitted him. Uh, pretty amazing. So bigger than David. David's example was subpoint B. Christ's example. So his Christ's example is consistent. Luke twenty three thirty four. Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. The Lord Jesus, our prime example, lived a life of forbearance. As the songwriter says so eloquently, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. But instead, he willingly surrendered his life so that we could live with him forever. Christians today should ask, what is it that we should die? Uh, what is it that we should die to, so others could have their lives transformed? Are we willing to forbear a lack of kindness, rudeness, or the in importunity of others, so that the work of Christ can go forward? And sometimes I even struggle with people not going the speed limit. And how much of like a little forbearance, and like as a Christian, yeah, it shouldn't even be a problem. But sometimes it is. And, in a hurry, but uh, if we can be consistent and forbear one another and forbear others, um, how we can emulate Christ and um, point others to Him. So it has an illustration story here. Uh, the story is told of two Chinese men who owned rice paddies on the same side of of a mountain. The man whose paddy was on on top was a Christian, and the farmer below him was unsaved. The farmer then the Christian farmer would then wake up each early each morning and as soon as the sun would rise and he would spend several hours hand pumping water from the canal at the base of the mountain. So he's up here, neighbor here, and you go to the base mountain, truck him water up to his uh, rice paddy, his rice field. Long after he was done, the farmer below would come poke a hole in the dirt wall that separated their fields and held the water for the Christian neighbor's rice. <laughs> Pretty smart. Uh, of course, by making the hole in the wall, the lower farmer could drain all the water into his own field and save himself the hours of labor. The Christian farmer was frustrated the first time this happened, but he said nothing. Just forbear a little bit. As the practice continued, however, he found himself becoming embittered towards his neighbor. This especially bothered him since he hoped to see his heathen neighbor trust Christ. Finally, he asked a Christian friend for advice. His friend answered simply, love your enemies. The man walked away pondering those words and trying to understand how he could do that. Soon he came up with a plan. When he woke up, he would go pump water on the other man's field first then do his own. A few weeks went by, and two changes took place. First, as a Christian pumped water for his neighbor, every trace of bitterness in his heart was transformed uh, into forgiving uh, com and compassion. The second, the unsaved farmer was convicted of a sin by the generosity of his neighbor. Soon he trusted Christ as his Savior, and, two, and the two men became best friends. I'm not sure if that story is true or not. It's a pretty neat story. Either way. 
All right, so this has been a pretty, one of the shorter lessons. So in conclusion, the fact that we will all have enemies can be stated as, uh, as a foregone conclusion. In fact, Christ said in Luke chapter 6, 26. Woe unto you, and all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. The question is, will we respond biblically to our enemies by forgiving, respecting, and forbearing? We will not find it natural to respond in this way. But with God's enabling, we can do all things through Christ. When we forgive and forbear the actions of our enemies, we point them to the Spirit of Christ. When we forgive and forbear the actions of other Christians, we point the lost to our Savior. John chapter 13, 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one another. Right, so we see, see how um, David's forgiveness, he's forgave from the start, and he forgave from the heart. He was respectful. Um, oh, I forgot that one. His words were respectful, and his both his words and his actions were respectful, and he had forbearance, and his forbearance, or Christ's exhortation is clear, and Christ's example is consistent. So we've got some time for a couple questions. So what were the causes of Saul's hatred of David? Jealousy, it seem, seems like it could be be a lot of different things uh, even like Saul obviously had some anger problems even before it seemed like no it would have been after yeah all the Bible talks about is like is the evil spirit that would come upon him um, so you know you wonder if that has part to do with some of his issues with David that spirit in him would just get stirred up um, yeah, yeah, it could be these days, something like that. Um, uh, question number two, how did Saul seek to harm David? Got a little pointy thing coming flying at his face a few times. Uh, also, like you kind of half wonder if Saul put him at the very head of his army like kind of, kind of like what person, what king would you put like a, uh, in these days and age, a newbie as the head of your like whole army? You're like kind of wonder, eh, maybe was he hoping that maybe something would happen to David? <laughs> Don't know. Um, yeah, the, I think even at one point he was trying to hire kind of somebody to come kill him. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and you see, yeah, in the verses we read, you can tell that just bothered David of you know, what have I done? Uh, you know, I could have killed you, but you still seek me like a dog, and like David just didn't understand it. You just tell it just really bothered him. Yeah, when you, and you you see like David just really had like a heart to just help Saul, uh, his king. 
Yeah, kind of crazy. List some examples of David's mercy towards Saul. Yeah, had a couple chances to kill him. time after he got a spear thrown at his head to play to him again. Uh, all, all sorts of answers there. What major reasons did, uh, did David give uh, for not harming Saul when he had the opportunity? He had, he had respect um, for his authority. What reasons might others have for being our enemies? Wow. Reasons. Uh, you know, what we talked about, you know, we may not agree with our, our president, and a lot of people do. You know, even something as simple as, as that, people can have hatred towards us because we don't have the same views. Saul was a little convicted by David's spirit, the things he was doing. Yep. How should we react when our enemies seek to harm us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get all the pre-suitors. I'm not sure where we can find a javelin these days. <laughs> <laughs> the why my wife won't like watch that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. To pick on her here because she's she's in, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, we're to love our enemies, uh, forbear, forgive. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, how can we show forbearance to others? When you really want to. Yeah. That's what. Uh, if I remember right, that definition of forbearance, yeah, it has to do with being like patient. Um, politely or patiently restraining an impulse to do something. You're being slow to, slow to react to things. Uh, give some examples of the forbearance of Christ. Hmm. When you revile, you revile not again. Yeah. And you think of uh, what we were uh, pretty recently talking about um, his trial and crucifixion of man. Crazy accusations against against you and against him and what did he say? He didn't say anything. Just crazy what all he went through and the prayers he had, Katie. Thinking about this morning um, when they were talking, brother, yourself not forgive us, like how God forgives us. And when you're like really annoyed at that person that like always seems to come back and like hit you with whatever they do, 
man, I'm just never going to get this. It's like, wow, the Lord deals with, that, with me every day. Hmm. Like, the little things. Or you're like a kid that you're like, are they ever going to get this? And you're just like, you just like, but he, he prepares and doesn't just like, okay, you're done. Beep. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's already pretty much the same as patient and merciful. Hard to think of in the moments. But yeah, you can think about all the Lord has forgiven us for and what we do every every day, even uh, or talks about even like the thoughts that we have is just the same as doing it. Uh, yeah, I've killed a lot of people in that sense. <laughs> so uh yeah. thoughts for one it's a double lesson today we didn't think about uh, brother reader was talking a lot about forgiveness and it's right down the lines of the same things he was saying so maybe we ought to really be paying attention to that i kind of want to throw out a little doctrinal thing here uh, brother mike was talking about uh you know god could even forgive hitler you know and that doesn't feel right in our flesh, but he could have. Um, and we don't know. When you don't believe that, you go into a doctrine of what's called limited atonement. <laughs> and that is a uh, just such a, a wrong doctrine. It's, and, uh, you know, God came for everyone that anyone could be saved. So just wanted to kind of, those are just a couple of little thoughts that I had as we, we went through this. Um, and, it, you know, the, it's very practical but very hard. I'll give you a little example of, of forbearance. Um, and and I'm you, the Lord has grown me quite a bit, Mom will tell you, because she's known me for a long time. But little things get really like just, you know, I get blown up about things and what's right in my rights and those sort of kind of things. But our ditch line over here, okay? Now the neighbor back there, the one who killed this guy's pig because <laughs> it was over on his property. This guy can't really, he's really super nice. Ron is super nice, gentle fellow, just the way God's made him. But that guy really irks him. <laughs> but he does do things, you know, he lets his chickens all over the place and stuff, but he, he, he really works with things. Uh, you know, there's some forbearance that we had to have with that, you know, when our, we had chicken do all over the place. We find out where our forbearance is by the people who say, you know, those people, everybody shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that. Well, this guy next door, well, he, he sprays Roundup 
down the fence. Okay, these are like the little practical things in life. Well, he he really sprays the roundup on both sides of the fence, and it's like pretty far away. I was talking to Rom. I said, "You ever noticed how he takes the liberty to put his roundup way over on your side of the property?" You know, to me, it's like, you know, I just gotta forbear that. You know, I mean, that it just. But with him, it was hard hard for him to do that just because of so many irritations because you know it's it's hard living it's hard living but they are very practical so just take these things to heart as we go through them and David as be an example let's pray father thank you for your blessed word again that we can depend on but father it's kind of like sometimes taking a step when you're a paratrooper or jumping out of an airplane with a trusting in that pack and and taking that step out you know I just kind of feel like some of these things that you ask us to do is kind of like that it's just difficult to trust and and go out and do those things but we must trust you trust your word um, you're growing us I pray you continue to grow us Lord forgive us for uh, where we're at but help us to be a growing people a growing church growing families and uh, a strong witness to this world, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.